Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, March 31st. Our topic today is agent satisfaction, how to measure it and how to manage it. During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com or chat on calltalk.tv or call in to ask your host your questions and interact with the show. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question, email or phone on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Hey, Sean. Thank you very much for that introduction. And uh, as you recall, Sean, in the last session we were celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Uh, tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Uh, last time we all got to be Irish, and uh, tomorrow we all get to uh, play the fool at least once. And just a reminder, if there's something cute and funny you can do for your center, uh, those things can be real morale boosters that people will talk about for time for, for days to come. And, and, in fact, if anyone has a favorite story or prank, please send it in to Sean, and uh, we'll uh, tell everybody what it is on the next show. So uh, please do that for us. Now I'd like to introduce our uh, guest, Dane Peterson, and she'll help us sort through the agent satisfaction issue. Uh, Dane is somebody who has uh, over 20 years' experience in our industry. She has been a call center manager, a software salesperson. She's done a lot of consulting. She has worked with us uh, at Benchmark Portal as a lead instructor of the College of Call Center Excellence, and we've worked with her on many other assignments as well. And so I'm really happy to, uh, to uh, welcome you to the program, Dane. Thanks, Bruce. Glad to be here. Okay, great. Well, Dane, I know that you've been doing some uh, research on employee satisfaction and employee tenure, and maybe we could start out by just sort of framing the issue uh, by talking a little bit about, you know, what is the satisfaction in the employee tenure like these days out there? Well, it was a very interesting uh, process of looking at the research that's been done recently in this area. And one of the things that I found really interesting was that the average tenure uh, today of employees across all parts of the organization is only three years. So what that says to me is we have a lot of work to do to find the right employee, making sure that we get the right person for the right fit. Um, In fact, uh, in the January uh, 10th USA Today Uh, There was research from uh, the Conference Board, uh, New Age, and Concourse uh, Consulting, uh, all of which uh, look at uh, HR and personnel issues across all businesses. And uh, what they found was pretty alarming. Um, In 1987, if you can imagine, 61% of the workers said they were happy with their current job. In 2009, that's dropped to 45% and actually even dropped quite a bit from 2008. Uh, The researchers speculate that uh, the drop from 2008 to 2009 is largely a concern about uh, the stability of the workplace and the security of their jobs. Mm. Um, In fact, half of those people felt secure in their jobs. Right. Right. Well, and so trying to make people feel secure in the workplaces that we're responsible for is sometimes hard because they hear about what's going on in the greater enterprise and the economy and on the whole, 
And I guess all we can do is to try to make people feel secure with us as their leaders and uh, try to be honest with them with what's going on in, in terms of uh, their jobs and their job security. I think that's a really important point, and we can't always tell everything we know, but that honesty um, of the leader is the most important factor for our agents. Um, and if we can, you know, just be candid with them, that there are times that we don't know the answers or that we're not in a position to share what is being discussed uh, goes a long ways. Um, but that that candor. Um, with our team members really does make a difference. And sometimes there's not much we can do uh, when the organization is going through uh, some significant uh, financial issues. Mm-hmm. And so really uh, it is important, though, sometimes we say, well, there's nothing we can do, throw up our hands. But uh, as we said in, in talking about leadership, leadership is never having an off day. And uh, some of those days can be really tough where we, uh, you know, are dealing with people who are under stress because they're not sure what's going to happen with their jobs. Uh, We we may not be totally uh, sure about what's going to happen with ours. But we do have to find the ways to uh, be good leaders in those situations. And uh, because at the end of the day, people tend to be happy at work because they're happy with their bosses (laughs) and they're happy with the atmosphere they deal with, and they tend to leave bosses more than they leave jobs. Is that your experience as well, Dane? Absolutely. And I think the research over the last many years has backed that up. That, um, In fact, Gallup has some very good research that it's around the issues of my workplace and my relationship with my direct supervisor or manager that have the greatest impact. So mm. working with those team members in a very close relationship, providing them direction and coaching and development is really what it's about rather than um, many of the external factors that uh, surround us. Okay, so if we're really uh, sort of taking responsibility for this, one of the things that I know a lot of uh, call center managers and supervisors have issues with is how to deal with the different uh, age groups that they have responsibility for. In other words, if we're talking about agent satisfaction, uh, we're not always talking about doing the same things for everyone and having it work for everyone, are we? No, absolutely not. We, we have huge variance in what uh, the age groups are in our centers today. Uh, with the current economy, people are not retiring or quitting work. Um, they're either working full-time or part-time, continuing uh, in the workplace. We have, uh, you know, late teens and early 20-year-olds uh, coming into our center. So there's a huge variance in the age groups and what drives each of those and what's important to each of those age groups. But interestingly, um, in some of that same research that I mentioned earlier, Um, we found that uh, what agents uh, and employees want from the workplace really is not all that different. Um, In fact, the most important thing uh, in this particular piece of research was that they are looking for um, a a fair benefits package, um, and that was rated number one by the more mature, uh, excuse me, by the younger workers, um, and the second most important thing by more mature. They want the opportunity to learn and grow. 
they want their workplace to be enjoyable and also work uh, that is stimulating. And that's one of our challenges in the center uh, that we work in is how can we make the call center or contact center work stimulating? Right. And that's about helping our uh, team members learn and grow. Okay. Let's just uh, maybe say a few words about measuring agent satisfaction. And then I know that uh, Sean has, is getting questions already that he can answer. Let's talk about that because there are a lot of companies that we find don't measure agent satisfaction or don't measure it in any different way than they measure satisfaction for all the rest of the employees. Uh, what, what thoughts do you have on that, Dane? Well, you know, having come from the corporate world where we uh, we in the call center were just part of the larger corporate uh, employee satisfaction survey, one of the things that we learned is we had to get that information as quickly as we possibly could um, and then try and extract whatever learnings we could from that. Of course, optimally, the best is to have a survey that really speaks to the issues in the contact or call center uh, environment, but that's not always immediately possible. Mm. Um, but there's still a lot of learning that you can get uh, from the uh, uh, corporate surveys. Um, let me, uh, if I may, just share a quick story. Um, in my last corporate role, um, I came in just as uh, the company was completing uh, their uh, employee SAT survey process. During that time, we found that generally we were lower than most of the other departments in our overall scores. Um, and what we did was take that information. Again, it was not focused specifically on the call center, but there was still opportunity to learn from it. And we identified those frontline managers or supervisors that had the highest score in some attribute. And we engaged with them to learn what they were doing that might allow them to score uh, more highly than the rest of our teams um, and use that knowledge uh, to put together what we called our brown bag lunches, very common in most organizations, and had those high-scoring performers share what they did with the other uh, team members and other managers in the group. And actually, it worked out very well for us. We did find uh, that in the subsequent survey that we had jumped uh, considerably, and we're no longer considered the low performers in the organization. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a great story, and actually mirrors one that uh, I went through last year where there was some very low agents that uh, we got very good feedback from the SAT survey. And if there's anybody listening who's never done or has not recently done an agent SAT survey and wants to do one, uh, it's not too expensive, and it can be very revealing. You know, let us know because there's some really good ways to do that. Um, and and it, it's necessary, too, because so much of your center depends on uh, good agents who are satisfied. But um, from the survey, we took a lot of uh, – took about three or four things that needed to be changed, changed them, made sure that the agents knew <laughs> this is really important, communicate the fact that, you know, you've been listened to, uh, we're making these changes because you told us about it. And, uh, Dane, we found the same thing. There was a big boost in agent satisfaction the next time around because people felt that they were being listened to. Okay, great. Uh, Sean, uh, you have some questions for us? Uh, yes. First question uh, came from Mike. Uh, we are trying to get better about hiring agents. 
how can we drive uh, information from satisfaction surveys back to our hiring policies to get better overall results? Hmm. Good question. Okay, good process question there. Ding? Well, I'd say first is uh, you need to really look at that agent satisfaction survey and try and kind of build some buckets, if you will. Um, an easy place to start is a demographic slice of it. Find those people that are highly satisfied and then understand what common attributes might they have. Um, if you work with a temp to a higher agency, a lot of times they can work with you on some of their profiling to tools. There are many vendors uh, that have these that will help you identify your top performing, most satisfied agents, and then use that as the benchmark as you're screening potential candidates for your center. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and oftentimes those characteristics will not necessarily even be uh, what they did in their previous jobs, but really who they are as a person and their, their, uh, their uh, sort of personal characteristics. Act, act, exactly. You know, I, I, one of my mottos has always been hire for attitude. Uh, we can teach the skills when they get here. Right. right. Okay, good. Very good. Sean, do you have another one? I do. The next question uh, just came in as a guest. Uh, with, so many, uh, with so many centers cutting back on staffing and hiring due to economic conditions, are companies focusing on agents or on more core business needs? Hmm. Okay, so on core business needs, I imagine they mean uh, are they really not focusing on the call center at all? And if the person wants to call in, too, and to sort of describe a little more what they're thinking about, but I'm interpreting that to mean that uh, the call center is getting short shrift um, while the company and its uh, bid to stay alive is, is, is concentrating on other things. And, of course, here what we have been preaching all along is that um, those companies that do a good job with customer service are the ones that are most likely to survive in these economic times. That the big differentiator among products and services that are oftentimes pretty uh, similar is really good customer service. And uh, if you're having a hard time and if the differentiator is going to be customer service, then really good communications with agents saying, look, uh, we need you to uh, perform in a certain way. We need you to have certain metrics, and uh, we need to sort of survive and to, to, to prosper together it is one of the uh, big communications issues that are necessary for uh, managers with regard to their agents. Dane, what, what would you like to add to that? Well, here's one thing. So I think we as managers need to assist our uh, corporate partners, if you will, on how – uh, important service is to our customers and what it delivers to the bottom line. And there is a great deal of research available that really shows those companies who provide superior service differentiating their product and services in the marketplace have higher rates of profitability, uh, share owner value, etc. So one of the things that we can do is go out, find that information, and use that to present 
both to our management and to our agents, and as you suggest, uh, Bruce, is help our team members understand the importance of the service that they are delivering to our customers. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a key point, and uh, Sean's telling me that there's another one he's got through here, but the communication in tough times, or just in general, is extremely important. And uh, as you've mentioned to me before when we talked about this thing, that doesn't mean, um, you know, tweeting everybody on everything every five minutes, but rather communicating the important things really well to the various people in your group, in your uh, call center, so that you're using the cultural hooks that will satisfy and inform a Gen Xer, uh, a baby boomer, you know, making sure that you think about how the message is being received by each of those, uh, those categories. Uh, Sean, why don't I uh, send it over to you again for, for the next question? Okay, this next question came in from Kevin. Kevin asks, uh, agent satisfaction and turnover seem to vary among our supervisor groups. How should I manage this? Mm, okay, so you're kind of uh, breaking your call center down into the uh, supervisor groups, and you're seeing that there's differences in uh, satisfaction uh, among those in turnover, too. Very important. Okay, Dane, why don't you, why don't you give us our, your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, actually uh, we uh, have research that shows that the most effective uh, method of dealing with retention is to have that as part of our frontline management uh, performance metrics. So driving that to the people who really have the most direct impact, my supervisor, my manager. Um, last summer I worked with a, a client organization they drive it to the supervisor level. So each supervisor is actually responsible and has a goal for turnover of their group. And it is a sliding scale that they take a look at. Um, and what I'm saying there is that if my team's turnover was 18% last year, um, I, my goal this year might be 16%. Uh, so they're continually looking for improvement, and they have had huge success uh, in reducing turnover in a very competitive work market, even in these economic times, by having that as part of their frontline management team's uh, performance metric. Hmm. Okay. Now, and, and I'd have excuse me. I want just you have to give the supervisor the skills in coaching performance management that they need in order to, uh, you know, have them really truly understand what they're doing and the impact that it might have as well. Mm. Yeah, actually, that's what training and education are all about is uh, taking people with the right prerequisites, giving them the proper training, and then uh, giving them a little bit of uh, space and rope to, to, to do a good job. And, um yeah, so supervisors are so important. What the uh, what Kevin was mentioning here is that you can actually see who the good supervisors are and, and who the, the bad supervisors are. And uh, we, we talk about uh, turning supervisors into retention champions. Those are the people who, in fact, uh, and maybe we should talk in terms of retention and satisfaction champions. 
In other words, who are those supervisors who have the folks under them who feel the most satisfied and who stay the longest? And uh, have we, in fact, trained our supervisors for that job, for that role? Or do we just acknowledge that so-and-so is really good at it and so and another person isn't so good at it? Well, uh, I think one of the takeaways perhaps today is that we should make sure that everyone who's in a supervisory role is trained so that they can, in fact, do a good job at retaining people and at uh, motivating them and keeping them satisfied. Because uh, once again, uh, it's that frontline boss that is the biggest, has the biggest impact on whether people are happy or not. And I, I would take that a step farther. Not only do we need to think about the right match for our agents, but we need to think about the right match for the supervisory role as well. So who usually becomes the team lead or supervisor? It's mm -hmm. often the high-performing agent. And the high-performing agent is not always necessarily the person with the kinds of interpersonal coaching, nurturing skills that we need in a supervisor. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Uh, Sean has just signaled me that he has another, uh, another question. Yeah, so Jeff uh, asks, uh, we do an employee sat survey every year, and every year the call center employees are at the bottom in terms of satisfaction for the whole company. Is this normal? <laughs> okay, and you know this is uh, it ties in with something that Dane was talking about earlier, um, and uh, maybe Jeff was writing his question while she was doing it. But there is a bit of a sense in the case of many call centers that they're the, the red-haired stepchild of the organization, and uh, then there are these things that happen during the course of the year, like a, a uh, employee satisfaction survey where they perform poorly, where it all seems to confirm that uh, this is the sort of uh, situation and there's nothing to be done about it. And of course, we know that's not true. But uh, Dane, why don't I let you give your thoughts on that? Sure. You know, it's uh, often like uh, what I hear when I'll go into a new organization and they just don't understand why they're getting all these calls and what's going on with customer service that we're getting all these calls. Well, in fact, it's not a symptom of the customer service operations. It may be a symptom of something else entirely within the organization that is driving calls into the center. And again, when we look at uh, our agent satisfaction, it may not be a symptom of what's happening in the center. It may be something of a much greater uh, 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 impact in from the organization um, and it is one of those things that the agents do feel like the uh, excuse the expression the redheaded stepchild uh, but that we need to as leaders be able to address in our organization here's a perfect example there's a company picnic but we can't close the call center at, down and let everybody go to it so how do you address some of those things just like we need to think about things differently in our centers, we need to think about things differently from our employee SAT survey. So instead of taking those numbers uh, that came in from that corporate survey, we need to be the leaders and spokesperson for our organization to you know, HR, whomever the organization is, 
that we have different issues in the center, and we need a very specific type of survey that will address the issues of the center. Uh, we don't have the same uh, vacation policies oftentimes. There are times that in our centers we are blocked from days off. That doesn't happen in many marketing organizations or other operations. So we really need to push back on those corporate surveys, uh, not make ourselves compared to the marketing organization and the accounting and the executive office because we live in a different world and we need to build a different survey a model for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking too that uh, in many cases the agents are dissatisfied or frustrated because of processes that in fact can be changed and we just have to find those processes, uh, talk to them, communicate them through the, uh, th through the uh, satisfaction surveys or the brown bag lunches or any kind of face-to-face -face communication and find out what the problems are. Uh, in some cases, they're very frustrated because the knowledge management system they have or their agent desktop is hard to use in order to satisfy the customer. And they want to satisfy the customer. They have their heart in the right place, but they don't have the tools to do it with. Uh, and uh, in some cases, as you said, it's the organization around them, Dane, that can make them miserable, like uh, marketing, right? <laughs> marketing, those folks who come up with the uh, special offers that result in a ton of calls and they didn't know anything about it or didn't know exactly. enough about it in order to be able to actually um, – to be actually able to redress those properly. Product management, you know, a new product goes out and all of a sudden there's a, a slew of questions and they're not really ready for them. Um, and, uh, and, and as you said, sometimes the situation with the company picnic, I was in a center not that long ago, which uh, has as part of its company philosophy a holistic approach to the employee's life, which includes some classes that are given as well as a company gym. The thing is the company gym and those classes are all given over at headquarters and the uh, call center is a few miles away. So it doesn't really fit into the lifestyle and the schedule of the people at the call center. So they're kind of left out of all of that, um, that kind of whole life program. So we, we need to address situations in order to make the uh, agent feel like they're more part of things, and in some cases, we have to create that radio organization. We have to develop the, the contacts with marketing, with the product people, uh, with IT, so that we can, in fact, uh, give our agents the tools that they need. Um, kind of a long answer there, but anything else to add to that, uh, uh, Dane? I don't think so. I think you're just dead on in terms of establishing the relationships because that's how we find out a lot about what's happening in the organization and also how we're able to oftentimes, uh, you know, change the implications for our department as well is through those developing those relationships and helping them understand the challenges that we have in the center. Um, it's a very different world than accounting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sure is. No, that's for sure. Okay, Sean, I think you have another question that's coming. Yeah, this next question uh, was from just a guest as well. They're, they're not telling me their name. <clears throat> Do you feel that training agents one to two times per year will increase the overall satisfaction? And do you think having outside training can benefit the agent? 
Mm, okay. And, Dane, here your position as a senior uh, instructor can uh, be brought into play here. So I'll let you take that one. Okay. So, you know, I, I, the answer is it really depends. One to two times a year, um, you know, is probably not going to change agent satisfaction, uh, depending on exactly what you're talking about and how you're delivering it. The value of training is to change behavior. So we want to change behavior. Maybe one to two times a year you have a new marketing campaign or new product and you can train on that. But also throughout the year as part of your coaching and performance management, there should be training, uh, whether it's a very formal classroom training or it's a one-on-one coaching kinds of training. Um, And many of the new technologies allow us to break down training into really bite-sized pieces, if you will, that enable us to deliver training in 15, 20-minute segments at the agent desktop. Those are the kinds of things that are valued uh, because they, they understand that we're investing in them and that we have a true interest in helping them improve their performance. Um, in terms of internal or external training, I don't, internal training is always about your products, your policies, your processes, you know, the systems. You always need that. But I do think that there's often great value in bringing in uh, some skills training from the outside. It's a fresh look. It's a new perspective. Um, And seeing the same talking head in the classroom uh, time after time loses some of its impact. And, again, it sends the message that we value you, we are invested in your performance and your uh, development. Okay. Well, that's a, a great answer, and uh, I entirely agree with everything that you said. I think we're uh, almost at the bottom of the hour, Sean, so if there are no more questions, maybe you could uh, announce what's going on next week. I would like to thank uh, Dane Peterson for uh, being with us and for a fabulous job. A lot of great insights that come from your experience, Dane, so thank you very much for being with us. It was my pleasure. Dane, I would ask. Dane, I'd also like to thank you as well. Uh, thanks for all your great insights in today's show. Uh, it was a great show. Thanks for all the participants who asked their questions. Um, don't forget, you can sign up for our, our reality check to see how your agent satisfaction compares to peers in your industry. Our winner of the uh, in-depth reality check today is Jeff. Uh, Jeff, please send an email to uh, calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, and we will uh, get you your $1,500 report. Our next topic is uh, complaints, how 3% of your calls take 30% of your time. That show will be on April 14th. Uh, Thank you very much for your time today, and have a great day. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.